Hello and welcome to our third episode of the Timeless Lore Podcast, where we discuss lore of all time. Today we'll be discussing three brand new topics. Um, we will be discussing uh, the new marking criteria and demonetization um, rules for YouTube. The are the big are the Beatles the biggest band ever? And the new album of the band The Gorillas. Joining us today in studio is a very good personal friend of mine, Jimmy Hearn. Hello. Okay, so we're gonna start the day off with the song by the Gorillas. It is called Skinny Ape, and it dropped uh, just last month. topic of the day is my co-host Adam with the topic of the new album of the band The Gorillas. Yes, so uh, if you don't know, Gorillas were founded in 1998 by uh, the singer of Blur, uh, Damon Albarn. So he and his friend Jamie Hewlett decided to make um, 
a band, a virtual band, uh, that followed all genres and was supposed to combat the, the soullessness of modern day music. So, um, in 2001, they released their first album, Gorillaz, uh, the self-titled album, Gorillaz, in 2001. And they released this under the guise of a cartoon band. So the members of this cartoon band was the lead singer, 2D, uh, the bassist, Noodle, uh, sorry, uh, not, bassist, Murdoch, guitarist, Noodle, and drummer, Russell. So all these members were su supposed to represent a different part of the music industry. 2D was the washed-up singer in Britpop, which Damon Albarn must have related with. Murdoch was the old rock star uh, with uh, anger issues. And Noodle was Japanese and represented K-pop and the further reaches of music. And Russell represented hip-hop and in America. Yes? Um, are these characters human or are they some animal? They're human. Okay. So... The albums uh, that Damon released under the guise of Gorillaz followed a story. Now, the, al the music itself was not a concept, but they all followed themes. And through the music videos, you could see the characters have arcs and stories. Um, so, in uh, 2010, they released their biggest album, uh, Plastic Beach, which was a really big hit. But... Jamie Hewlett, the cartoonist who did all the storyboarding and all the music videos, thought that the characters weren't getting too much attention and Damon Albarn was using this as his own band rather than the virtual band. So basically there's a schism and the band split up until 2017. Now from there we've had, back in 2017, we've had the album Humans followed by the al album The Now Now and in 2020 we had song Gorilla's song machine which was set up like a TV show with each song being uh, released uh, every month for a year uh, with that, that made up the big album so now in 2023 we're getting Cracker Island which is going to be a really good album from the singles we've already got um, Cracker Island uh, Skinny Ape and New Gold uh, the standard has been really high um, do we know if uh, this new album will be following some sort of a story or a theme like the previous ones? Yes, so the theme of this uh, album is a cult. So um, this ties back to one of the, the first album. So the storyline is that Murdoch, who usually takes charge of the situation, is starting a cult. And he wants to sacrifice the singer 2D um, to repay a debt of this demon called Pazuzu. So Pazuzu appears in the first album and he, Murdoch, sold his soul to Pazuzu and now Pazuzu is going to collect his soul. So Murdoch's plan is, we think, is to sacrifice 2D and Pazuzu will take 2 d soul instead of Murdoch's. But we know Pazuzu has vessels on the earth and he's going to trick Murdoch into bringing him back into earth. And that is the supposed story that this new album is going to follow. So I'm going to play the lead single, Cracker Island, for you now. Now, this song features Thundercat, and uh, it is the lead single yeah, just a little of the album. Sample. On Cracker Island it was born To the collective of the dawn They were planting seeds at night To grow a made-up paradise the truth was 
They mention cult uh, a lot of times. So, in an interview, Albarn said that that this song and its music video were supposed to be the post-credit scene of this album, which is a really weird statement. Yeah, go on. Do we know um, of this cult that Murdoch is starting? Um, do we know of its members? Like, are they are some of the members of the band members? Yeah. Of the cult? So the cult is just the band. Oh. <laughs> so so is Two D part of the cult? Yeah. So the second storyline, uh, which appears in the music video, is that a rival cult, uh, led by a woman named Moonflower, uh, wants to sacrifice 2D for their own, uh, for their own causes. And in the music video, Moonflower appears out of a skeleton, and this is her first appearance in the lore of the band. And she kisses Murdoch, as if Murdoch has had an alliance with her all this time. Why are both both uh, cults intent on sacrificing 2D of all people? Well, um, it might come from one of the earliest uh, one of the earliest ac- aspects of 2D, which is when he was 10 years old, he fell out of a tree, all his hair fell out, and when it grew back, it was blue. And we believe that the rival cult led by this lady named Moonflower sees this as the chosen one. So we think as the fandom, we think that both these cults are aiming to bring Pazuzu into this world, but Murdoch is being tricked while Moonflower knows what she's doing. So, on a musical side, this album has a lot of collaborators. So, on that song we just heard, Cracker Island, uh, that was Thundercat. Um, He's he's a big name from the 80s. Uh, On another song, uh, there's Tame Impala, and um, there's Tame Impala featuring on the song, along with the rapper. So those are two features. But the biggest uh, name on this album is Stevie Nicks, uh, of course, the singer in Fleetwood Mac, and she's huge. So this album is going to be really exciting. There should be another music video coming soon. Yep. Do you have preference over this album's story over the others? As in, do you believe that it is the best one? Well, it's definitely interesting, as it ties back to a lot of aspects of the first album, which is Possession, uh, Pazuzu, and um, another character, Paula Cracker, which uh, was 2D's girlfriend, but Murdoch cheated, uh, or she cheated with Murdoch um, in the bathrooms, and then she was kicked out of the band. So she is a reoccurring character, but it seems she's going to have a role in this, in this uh, story by coming back, maybe as an enemy against 2D. Do you believe that the usage of a story for the Gorillaz band has helped them, uh, as in, like, for monetary purposes? Like, do you think they it has boosted the band's relevance? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, it's something unique about the, the band. You, who, who hears a band that has cults, you know, and their album's about a cult, a true story? You know, it's, it's unique, definitely. Uh, the story, it, it makes it really interesting to follow. Like, they have a TikTok account, and they've been sending kind of clues uh, through these silly videos that are cringy on the surface, but there are some clues in the background of what is actually happening. So we're trying to piece together what has happened in the music video of Cracker Island, and we're working backwards through all these music videos and all the information we've been getting, and it's tying into a really nice story. And the biggest story the girls have ever had was the 2010 um, album Plastic Beach, which 
you know, there's the most music videos, and they had a really direct storyline. And it seems like we're getting another really lore-based album uh, this year. So I'm really excited. It's coming out in February 2023, and I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited for this album. Um, so I just wanted to ask, with the release of this album, are we expected to, like, gain full understanding of the story with the full release of the album? Yes. So, like, um, obviously there's going to be music with, like, hints to the story, but, like, will there be more, for example, TikToks or videos released on it? Yeah, I believe so. Um, Just wanted to clear that up. So, uh, from what I've heard, like, as someone who's completely ignorant on the topic, I think, for example, like, I enjoyed the music. I'd heard of the band of the Gorillas, but I had obviously never listened to any of their stuff. I think it sounds quite promising. What yeah. do you think, Jim? Uh, yeah, I, li- I like the idea of the Virtual Band. It's something I've never heard of before, and it sounds, like I said, very interesting, and I listen to them definitely in the future. Yeah, so another really interesting thing about the Gorillas is that they have pretty much all uh, all genres uh, implemented in their music like rap hip-hop uh, modern rock and i think that's really interesting so it basically all genres in one yeah and i think that for example with a new story it's a great technique with a new story for each album and um, varying genres in their music it, it basically accounts for them never going stale yeah okay so um, I think that's all we have time for, for Gorillaz. For the first topic of the day. Smile.
that was Don't Step on the Grass by Steppenwolf. So that was requested by Midge, uh, another one of our com- commenters. So next up, with our second topic of the day, we have Oshin. Thank you, Adam. So I will be discussing uh, the new, well, uh, approximately, we don't really know how new this topic has been because people have had, people have been digging for ages to find out the full information on this topic because it has been quite incognito but that is the topic of youtube's new criteria and rules regarding monetization demonetization and age restriction to the content of the creators on their platform now if you have just heard this freshly and you might think well well this is already in place these are new rules and in fact at that stricter rules so the new rules that have been issued um, are in the first eight seconds of any video, you may not swear. Now, any like any bad cuss word, I think, I think the I think like exclusions are words like damn, but they go as far from like they they go as far as hell, which is like pretty mild. But uh, now, you if 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 you already know the rules of YouTube, you might think that this is already a thing, and it's actually thirty seconds. But in the past, it was 30 seconds, but they were much less strict on the words you could say. I think you could go, like, basically any word apart from, like, those, like, the F word, stuff like that. Um, Um, It's not a very strict rule. But for people who don't know of this rule, since YouTube has been very discreet about it, um, for people who don't know of this rule, it's pretty devastating to be demonetized for just saying a word in your first eight seconds. So if you do say a word in the first eight seconds, does this mean the video does not make any money? Yeah, your video will stay up and it will not make money or there will be age restrictions on it or both, which is awful <laughs> towards because it restricts your audience and your income at the same time. Uh, and it isn't good for your channel. It can lead to strikes as well. Is there any way of making money at all when your video is being demonetized? No. Okay. You you lose all ad revenue. I'm not sure if you lose view revenue, but I think you do. Um, so, and and that is not the only rule. And keep in mind, this rule is only one of the reasons this rule is only bad is because YouTube did not say this very clearly publicly. People have found the rules now, and like basically learned what they are, but. People had to go digging on Twitter for weeks to get the full idea so their channel. And a lot of people had to learn the hard way by being demonetized or age-restricted, which is uh, not good to say the least. Um, the second, another rule that they have issued, oh yeah, I must mention by the way, um, swear words in thumbnails and just throughout the video for comedic purposes are not excluded, meaning... Um, you will still be demonetized and age restricted for that, which shouldn't come as, su- as a surprise, but YouTube actually stated it. Second rule um, regarding it is that um, if you swear in each sentence of your video, you will be demonetized, or um, which um, I guess makes, like, it doesn't really make sense, but I can see why they think it, but... So wouldn't you be demonetized if you were swearing in every single sentence? Wouldn't you be demonetized if you did it in the first eight seconds anyway? Yeah, but like if you swear th- like consistently in each sentence throughout the video, 
that is a no-no as well. Um, but YouTube hasn't exactly been very firm on what um like demonetizing people. They have demonetized people very um like very frequently for like reasons um unbeknownst to them. Like for example, Moist Critical was covering a game and he swore five minutes into the video, he wasn't swearing in each sentence, it was a wholesome topic, he didn't swear in the first eight seconds. And he was still demonetized. Which, you know, is stupid. Um but the devastating part of these rules is that they just don't, they don't cover just the new videos that have been made with the rules in place. They cover all your videos. So you can have videos from five years back and they can be struck with demonetization and age restriction, which is very bad for growing channels um, who can't get any income or their videos will be put off. And if age restriction really blocks in a new, a new audience, which is affecting channels very badly because a lot of people don't bother to dig for these rules like it's it's very hard to know and that's why news source channels are doing well to help them but if their videos get age restricted or demonetized that isn't good for spreading the news and i don't think youtube really wants the news to be spread that much so in the long run won't this affect youtube negative negatively because like won't people stop seeing youtube as a way to make money if it's inconsistent well, I mean, I guess you just have to agree with YouTube's policies. Oh, I, a criticism that I would give it is that this obviously is appealing to young children who are on YouTube. And I think we can all agree that that is the majority of YouTube's audience. But the thing is, there already exists a wholesome and safe app for children who want to watch YouTube, which is YouTube Kids. And I think, obviously, you might not be getting, like, I think a lot of, like, 12-year-old children will be watching videos with, like, swear words in it. But... I think they're old enough to do that, and, you know, obviously they're not going to be watching YouTube Kids, which is probably just, like, Coco Melon, um, which they won't be wanting to consume content from them just um, exclusively. But, uh, Jim? How censored is um, YouTube Kids? Or, like, what is the restriction? I'm not fully sure, but all I know is that it's exclusive to children, I think, under, like, 10 um it is there is absolutely no swearing no graphic no graphic um violence um depicted in any of the videos you know okay. stuff like that and the third rule i'm sure there's many more but the third one that people have found um is if you show any graphic violence like no matter what if it's animated if it's real in your video it will be demonetized for example um, another example, in the same video with Moist Critical that he was covering the game, he, he, he made a comic book series, and in one of the, for one of his comics, there was a 30-second animation. And it was quite gory, but it was animated, it wasn't real, and it was shown in the video, but he was covering a comic that he worked on for a while, and he was demonetized, even though it wasn't eight seconds in. And people don't see why fake graphic violence can be demonetized because you know that's an entire media of novels and series and if it can't be depicted on youtube the biggest viewing platform of um, videos in the world that's just bad for their marketing and it hurts youtube as well but yeah so essentially youtube for years now is becoming more and more censored and people aren't going to leave the platform 
Like, I, I know you might be surprised. I know some people might be surprised by that. But the creators really have no choice. Once they built their platform on YouTube, they can't really leave. No one competes with YouTube. Twitch does, but that's streaming exclusively. And not everyone wants to stream. Most people would make videos. So, if we got YouTube kids, and we've got YouTube normal, what about YouTube pl adult, or YouTube plus, for the older viewer? I suppose that could be a thing. But I think platforms like that already exist. Like, you can just post videos online if you truly want. I think Instagram exists. But the thing, thing is, YouTube is becoming more censored, and it already has a censored version of itself. Leaning more into kids, because if you really think about it, kids consume most of the digital media. But um, creators, it really hurts gaming creators, because most gaming creators swear. And most of them, a lot of them cover slightly violent games which completely just ruins their content. And streaming has been nerfed in a way that you don't make as much money at all from it. Um, so it's, it's really hurting their income and for a lot of channels. You can expect, for example, I think it's an Irish creator called Orti Games. He has been, um, I think 60 of his videos or something were demonetized. He has been like losing money by the second, and YouTube hasn't lifted his age restriction, meaning they are keeping an iron fist on this. They are not letting loose at all. So, really, YouTube is, doesn't really know how to manage their channel, well, their platform at all. It, it really isn't working. And if they continue censoring themselves like this, who knows what outcome will come. But that was the new marking criteria from YouTube, and now we will have a music interval. topic of the day we have Jim on the Beatles um so today I'll be talking about um the Beatles and more importantly were they the greatest band of all time so the Beatles were formed by Paul McCartney and John Lennon in 1956 under another name the Quarrymen and in 1957 um some other members joined such as um Pete Best and George Harrison. Um, they changed their name then to the Beatles in 1957, and um, a man by the name of Brian Epstein became their manager because he he really saw something in the young band. Um, 
May I ask, do you, do you know why the the name the Beatles came to be? I obviously know that it's spelled B E A T L E S for beat, like musical beat. Is the is it just a pun on Beatles? Um. Well, there are many there are many theories by the fans, and when John Lennon was asked in an interview, he said that um, he said he just said that I thought of it, and this is very obscure, so no one is really quite sure. But most people do assume that it is just a pun on the word Beatle. Yeah. Um, in 1962 then, uh, Ringo Starr joined the band and replaced Pete Best, who was the drummer. Um, Ringo Starr was described as more polished and better, and Pete Best, I don't think, there was some like bad blood there, if you know what I mean. Um, and Ringo Starr Jersey. kind of kicked him out, if you know what I mean. Um, and then in 1962, they did they released their first song and their first album, Please Please Me. And it became quite sensational. And their first big hit was the song you listen to there, Love, um, Love Me Do. And this ba- swept over the nation, uh, swept over Europe, really. Um, and this was known as a phenomenon called Beatlemania. Now, the biggest song from Beatlemania was Help, which you listen to just now. I need somebody, help, not just anybody, help, you know I need someone, help. When, when I was younger, when so I much younger than today, I never, need I never needed anybody's help in any way. Now, but now these days are gone days and I'm not so self-assured. Like I said, a massive phenomenon, and everyone knew about the Beatles. And when once it struck America in nineteen sixty four, there were crowds of thirty thousand or three hundred thousand, sorry, co- like gathering around their concerts without tickets, just swarming them and screaming. John Lennon once said um, that he was in a concert, but they had to stop playing because they couldn't hear themselves play because there was just too much screaming, and just people just going crazy. Yeah. So you can definitely say, in the mid-60s, they were definitely the biggest band the world had ever seen. Yeah, they definitely were at that stage. But the problem is, it is much easier to become big nowadays because of things like TikTok, social media, yeah. social media and Spotify or Apple Music if you have an iPhone. Essentially, publicity has become much more accessible than back then. You had to have a good manager, you had to have a good marketing scheme. Now it's basically a lot of free marketing with social media, and you naturally make money off your marketing. That's true, and like I said, it's completely free now, whereas back um, in the 60s, if you wanted to listen to the music, you either had to catch them on the radio, which they weren't played on all the time, and not everyone had a radio, and as well as this, 
you had you might another way you can listen to is by buying their albums and their albums like i said cost money they're not free so it was much more difficult to listen to the music and to become big so i think for their time they were the biggest they could possibly be oh yeah they've received mad publicity bigger than a lot of bands nowadays especially without um, they didn't have any you know help from any free social media or anything like that that's true yeah and the thing is beatlemania yeah so if we were to look at modern day what bands really come close to to the beatles success i'd argue nirvana although that isn't that recent See the thing is about Nirvana, it's quite a. It's a, a very short-lived band. And it's a it's a niche category because not everyone will like the kind of rock they have, whereas the Beatles, though they in the early they had kind of American rock and roll, and then they had see their music kept changing throughout the years, so they're quite accessible to many different age groups and different types of people. Now you could say Coldplay, or a rock band to start off with, were very big, but. Like, the hate they've gotten over the years has really put a stain on their reputation. I don't think that's the band that comes to mind when I think... Nickelback. Nickelback, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, they the Beatles did have their fair share of hate because in after Beatlemania, in the 19, 1965 to, 60 se- to 67, they really were, became a very different band and... You could see them kind of growing up and becoming like but you could see you could see them growing up and they released different albums like Rubber Soul and Revolver, which were some of them some of their songs were quite psychedelic, yeah. Would you um uh say that over time, considering just them like getting older and you know, their music not being as fresh, it started like not getting bad, it started to be deteriorate as in like less good than it was when it was fresh. In my opinion, I think that it might possibly. Or do you think it got better? I think it. In my opinion, it got better, but that is my opinion. But at the time, because it was different and it was very, very different from the music that the public were used to from the Beatles, they got a lot of hate and they weren't really. They weren't. They were very different, and people just didn't didn't want the change. They liked. They liked Beatlemania. Definitely, there's the one album of Sgt. Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Band. Yeah. And that's a concept album, but some of the songs are quite bizarre. Yeah. And it definitely a concept album in itself is pretty unique, so I could definitely see how the 70s people, you know, didn't really like that, but... Yeah. Uh, they reached... Yeah, that's very true. And, um, and then, so, like, in, in 1966, another reason for their hate... They stopped touring completely because John Lennon and Ringo Starr said that um, they they just were fed up of it because people were just screaming. They couldn't hear themselves play and they were like fed up with it. So they stopped touring and became a studio band. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But would you say, like as someone who, um, like would you say that the Beatles at that time sort of had a bit of a negative fan base on their career? Considering that they kind of stopped them from the publicity of touring, and a lot like put it put it there put a stain on their concerts some of the time. Yeah, well, because they stopped the concerts, a lot of people just did stopped listening. But still, like they, they lost was, fans. Over they there. lost many fans, but still, like you can't say that they weren't big because they were still one of the biggest bands in the in the world. Well, if you look at the sphere of influence that the Beatles had, like. 
would you say um, as the Beatles' music changed, so did the people listening? And, you know, obviously the culture changed a lot in the 70s. That, that's very true. Um, like, a lot of uh, very, very young people at the time preferred the newer music because they hadn't been around for Beatlemania, or they had, but, like, they were younger, so they didn't appreciate it as much. So, yeah, so when they stopped touring, they released albums like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, like you said, and um, lots of other albums like Rubber Soul and Revolver and well, the White Album are the Beatles. So, if we were to come to a consensus, Oshin, what would you say? Would you say they are the biggest band, or will there ever be another Beatles? No. In my opinion, I think, I think it's hard to put the name The Biggest Band on anyone, but considering the circumstances of their time, like, from it, from it being so hard to get publicity then, for it coming down to your manager and how cheap and high quality your marketing was, I would say that they definitely, considering, like, they might not be as big worldwide as some other bands, I would not know, but I think they still definitely are one of the biggest, and for that time, for, like, how music was being consumed through concerts, radio, and, like, purchasing albums rather than online now on platforms like YouTube and Spotify, I would definitely say that they are the biggest band. Well, yeah, you could argue that they were only so popular because they were a novelty, but even as their music changed, they still had a massive fan base. So, look, I would say they are the biggest band of all time. And I don't think a band quite like them will ever come again. And I don't think... I don't think anything bigger will ever come. So uh, they did have quite a bit of negative publicity, though. So they did, yeah. Because well, you could argue that the the death of one of their members, you know. Yeah, yeah John Lennon. He was shot. He was yeah. shot like by outside his house, right? Yeah, yeah, on the balcony, and it, so yeah, in 1970 they disbanded, and re- and they most of them went on to have solo careers, but none of them were nothing like the the fame they had when they were together. Yeah, um, so I think that's all we have time for today. And remember to comment down any songs you want to see in our next episode down below. Today we had a, one of our commenters request Sam, or Don't Step on the Grass Sam uh, by Steppenwolf. So if you want to see your song in the next episode, comment it down below. Look, we're really happy uh, Jim could come here on such short notice. Um, you're a really good speaker, Jim. Thank you. And uh, we hope to have you on later on uh, in our season. So, yeah, thank you. Now, remember, the clock is burning. Because time for time is slower. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.